views expressed in this program are those of the participants. I'm Robert Vaughn. And I'm Danielle Metz. And this is the Danielle Metz Show. Quote, in any election, by the time you vote, most of the decisions regarding who will form the government have already been made, and not by you. That's a quote from me, actually. <laughs> so, Danielle, what can and have you done in the past prior to voting? Because, I mean, by the time you get in there at the election, but let's take a federal election, for example. Um, in this election, you've got Justin Trudeau and the Liberals and Andrew Scheer and the Conservatives. Now, you've got Maxime Bernier and the PPC and then a bunch of other losers. So, the thing is that your choices are basically down to two, three, maybe four different candidates, parties, leaders, and everybody goes in there, I think, and they're disaffected. They're, they're upset that ugh, same old, same old, or, you know, not him again or her again. And they don't realize that the voting is the very last step in the democratic process of choosing the government and the leader and your counselor and your trustee and your premier and your parliamentarians or whoever, your president. It's the last step. It's not the first step and it's not the only step. So what have you done? Well, let's see. My father formed a political party when I was 10. And since then, I've been delivering literature when I was uh, wee lass. And I've gone on talk shows. I do a podcast. I talk to people about politics unabashedly. That's one thing that's very important is that a lot of people feel that they can't speak openly about their politics. And I find I have a bunch of clients over my career and I, I don't hide what I believe. And I find that most people actually believe what I believe, but they just don't feel like they can say it. They feel the shame, like it's, it's not politically correct to say that you think, gee, I own a company, I should be able to earn a profit and not feel guilty about it. The, it's the, it's, I guess the, the politics is a subset of the culture and changing people's views of what is right and wrong just in the day-to-day -day in their lives, right? aka being a business owner, being someone who does something productive in society and not feeling guilty for doing that. I think that's a very strong starting point. Oh yeah. Um, I can still remember when I, when the first party I ever voted for was um, the Progressive Conservative Party federally. But after that, it was, was libertarian. Was that during the NAFTA thing? Oh, God, no. This is back um, probably 1970-something oh, wow. or other. <laughs> you had a lot of voting experience on me. <laughs> um, it, was, um, it was Jim McGraw, I think, was the candidate. It was St. John's East, and he became the Ministry of Fisheries, if I'm not mistaken. But no matter. Um, the point was, at that time, I sort of was leaning to the right. But then I got a, a, a pamphlet in the letterbox and it was from the Libertarian Party in Newfoundland and I immediately understood exactly what they're doing because at that same time I had gotten my first paycheck mm. and all of a sudden I'm going what is this I was expecting X and this is X minus Y <laughs> yep. That's funny Equal that everybody zip. seems to have that experience. That's even a joke on Friends, where Rachel, working at the coffee house, gets her first paycheck and goes, who the heck is FICA? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, and the, at that time, the, it was uh, school taxes were taken off from income then too in Newfoundland, at least. I don't know how it is now, but uh, I, I was selling all these taxes, and I'm going. I'm going to find out about this, and I didn't like what I saw, and I found it fundamentally unjust, and I think that started the ball rolling. Yeah, and same with Stephen Crowder as well. He worked. Um, uh, he was the voice of the brain on Arthur when he was a kid. And he got his first paycheck because he was living in Canada at the time. And he's like, where did all my money go? And his dad sat him down and explained it. And then that was what set him on the path to be interested in politics. Because like, where did mm -hmm. you, who took my money and by what right? Right, exactly. It's a fundamental injustice. Exactly. That you have to find out about and then influence. Because you, like your father said in a pamphlet once, um, you may not be interested in politics, but politics is interested in you. Mm -hmm. You know. So a lot of people just live their daily lives, and I can understand not getting involved in politics whatsoever because it is a messy, nasty business. And it 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 affects our social lives as well. On like Facebook, if you say the wrong thing, I have a bunch of uh, friends of friends online that I actually do care about. I've known them for quite a while, and but we politically diametrically opposed. If I say one thing, they jump down my throat. So I don't yeah. say anything because yeah. I don't want to disrupt that relationship because I like them otherwise. And I think that that's a big, I hate to say polarization, but there is quite the polarization. And I, I find myself censoring myself be, to maintain those relationships, which I don't know if, if that's actually healthy or if to calling it out is the more healthy way to go. Mm -hmm. Uh, because it, you clear the room with it, right? Like, you okay, well, I believe this, you believe that, let's just get it settled and leave it at that. But that's not yeah. how the other side goes. We're a, we're a rare breed or different breed, I think, because, uh, well, again, your father started the Freedom Party of Ontario, and I was politically active just slightly before that. I joined the Libertarian Party, and the leader, Case Sargent, gave me a phone call and said, do you want to be a candidate? And I'm going, whoa. My first response was, well, I don't really know the issues, mm. right? And I, and I declined. And then um, a doctor friend of mine who was working in the same lab said, I was, we were talking politics, and he said, well, you sound like you should join the Freedom Party. And I go, what's the Freedom Party? And I looked <laughs> them up, and I went down there, walked in, joined right away, talked to your father, talked to Mark Emery, who was there at the time, and got politically involved, you know, as a member of the Freedom Party, stuffing envelopes, you know, I didn't do too much door knocking, but I put out some pamphlets and stuff like that, helped put together the newsletter created with Bob, uh, the newsletter consent, and got so politically involved. And it was great because I was among people who could talk about ideas, mm. right? And we got it. We all got it. We understood, right? So there was no arguing necessarily over well, how many... Well, maybe the finer points, <laughs> but... The finer points of how many angels could fit on the head of a pin type of <laughs> argument, you know. But it's 412. No, it's 411. <laughs> Who's holding up the pin? You're, um, you're, spl you're splitting angel hairs. <laughs> anyway, I've got a list of things that people should consider doing because, like I said before, unless you get involved at a different letter other than, uh, level other than voting, you're, the world is passing you by and the world is going to control you and you're not going to be... Um, have, you're not going to have as much control over the process that you are entitled to if you mm. want to do it. And one of them, of course, is joining a party, as we've done. Um, 
just simply being active on social media. I remember I wrote letters to the editor, which were published. You know, I'm a 20-year-old something or other and, and, and writing letters to the editor because I felt passionate about something. Now that we have social media, of course, we're active on social media, trying to get our particular point of view out there to have, have people support a political party or, um, or adopt a political uh, position. Um, I've written to my representative, my members of parliament and provincial parliament. Um, I've called my councillors. Um, I stood for election. I ran for trustee, board of education trustee, three times, one twice. I ran for city councillor. I ran for the Canadian Alliance federally. So I've done that. Um, oh, and when you join a political party, you can get involved in the executive. You can attend the uh, the rallies where they decide policy, you can attend the rallies where they decide who the leader is, very important. Like if you don't like Andrew Scheer of the Conservatives, well, if you're a Conservative, why didn't you show up to vote? Mm -hmm. At least for the vote for the representative who would vote. In or toss vote your, your own name in the ring. Or toss your own name in the ring, yeah. Um, take part in the policy process, like there's a, uh, the executive get-together, like the Freedom Party executive, we talk about platform and policy all the time. Actually, policy because the platform is decided by the leader, who we get to vote for, you know, or not against, you know. Um, or do what your father did, and if you don't like all of the above, and start your own party, as he mm -hmm. did, quite successfully. So... Before you put your ballot in the box, there are so many things that you could do to actually influence whose names are on that ballot. And people don't realize that it's an easy thing to do, though it takes a bit of a commitment, but do it. And you also have to realize that a lot of politics is decided behind closed doors. And that if you're not vigilant, it'll pass you by and then you're just like, how did we end up here? Yep. I know for a fact, I live on a very busy street. Um, the City of London approached me to say that, hey, we're going to take your whole front lawn and put five lanes of traffic in front of your house. And I went, I don't like that idea. So we had all these meetings. I met with all the city councillors. I met with everybody. And it was just, uh, yeah, we're just listening to you because it's our civic duty to do so. This is already decided. It's already done. There's no, you're not going to, once it gets to public knowledge, it's already decided. And you no, are now beside the point. And it's just a show. The public meetings, the public consultations, that's just to make nice with the people. So what you have to really do is if you're really dedicated and paying attention to politics, you have to go behind the doors. You have to go to the city council meetings. You have to go to provincial meetings, whatever you can do. Watch C-SPAN and the rest of that stuff. That's the only way you're going to find out what's moving through the pipe because it's going to hit you before you realize it, unfortunately. Yes. <laughs> and now I have five lanes of traffic in front of my house. Yeah, I remember that. Um, what did you call your uh, committee at L that time? Lane, London and Area Association, something, something. <laughs> One of the first things I got involved with was to, to defeat successfully a union drive at the University of Western Ontario. And we called ourselves, and it was just me uh, and another um, lab, lab tech, we called ourselves the um, UWO um, Staff or a Cooperative Work Environment. <laughs> It, it didn't really scan, but there you go. That's what we call ourselves. We made pamphlets with the help of yep, your father in the Freedom Party. Yeah. Went out, delivered them all, uh, attended the meetings for the union, and defeated the union. 
And um, after I retired, unfortunately, then they voted in the union, but no, I was gone. But there's one other thing that people can do that is very important, and you see the importance of it in the American elections especially, because down there, undoubtedly, there is a lot of voter fraud going on. And I'm talking millions of votes mm -hmm. that are just absolutely fraudulent. Either fraudulently made because they did it two, three, four, ten times, or be fraudulently counted. And what they should do, and this a lot of retirees do that, do this, is um, become a scrutineer. And you just go to the electoral office prior to an election and they train you to sit behind the, uh, the booth. When people come in, they cross off your name, they hand you the ballot, right? You put it in the box or they put it in the box. But here's where it comes the important part. If it's not electronically done, and it's still not electronically done here, I, I don't think, you take the ballot and you say, okay, this vote is for so-and-so, right? And you're, and you're verifying what somebody else is saying, that this is a vote for the Liberal Party. Yes, this is a vote for the Liberal Party. Okay. You become a scrutineer. It, it really helps eliminate a lot of the voter fraud that's going on out there by scrutineers. Mm. So if you're an honest uh, person and with a bit of integrity, become a scrutineer and uh, let's stop this nonsense that goes on with the voter fraud. Yeah, voter fraud's a, a scary thing because it is so easy to do. It's, it's dead people are voting, you have illegals voting. And oh, well, the worst part is they're making it legal for illegals to vote. <laughs> <laughs> Like, well, that's in the states. I think. Well, that's actually here too, is it? Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure we're getting there. And is Trudeau not made that a policy plank at some point? Wouldn't surprise um, me. I wouldn't be surprised either. But uh, of course, I think provincially. Yeah, you have to be a Canadian citizen to vote provincially. I'm not sure about uh, municipally though. But um, I don't even know that it should be that you should be a Canadian citizen to vote municipally because I think you should be a ratepayer or a taxpayer. Well, you have to be a, yeah, exactly. You have to be a, a taxpayer and municipally you should be, have to be somebody paying property taxes because it's, what did Bill Whittle say? Oh, I voted for higher taxes because I wasn't paying any. And that's, you can vote for higher taxes in the city because you're not paying any if you don't own property. Well, it used to be um, quite a while ago now that you had to be, you had to own property to vote in Canada. That would make sense. Well, yes and no. At well, that no, time, for, it made sense. On a municipal level, I mean, like for like uh. infrastructure projects and stuff like that, because that's where your tax dollars are going specifically. Yeah. So if somebody, but no, provincially and federally, you're dealing with social laws and criminal laws that have nothing to do with property per se. Yes. Yeah. So, so yes, I agree but, on that level. So there's so many things that people should do, and I'm, I don't mean that should because if and also if they're, call into if talk all they're doing radio. is voting, then don't talk to me about you know your involvement politically. Oh, the person I wanted didn't get in. Well, you only had a choice between Tweedledum and Tweedledee anyway, and whose fault is that, right? Well, talk radio, I still think is somewhat valid. Um, call into there uh, and get your. Push the issues that are important to you, because you can frame the narrative. That's what creates the narrative, is the, the from the grassroots. Twitter, social media, do all that stuff, post the things, and get your voice out there. Get a podcast. Hmm, I wonder who did that. Wait, we did. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of stuff. And it's very important because you'll be surprised at the influence you have, even if you don't realize it immediately. Because yes. a term that you use, will you'll suddenly see it suddenly spread everywhere. You'll see other people picking up talking points that you've brought into the, the forefront. 
And don't think that just because you're an individual that your voice doesn't count. Mm -hmm. That's the only way it starts. How Collectives cannot speak unless the one, individual starts. You remind me of one thing that um, I was impressed by, and that is that when I was going out with um, the Freedom Party people and, and we would attend committee meetings, uh, you know, uh, provincial committee meetings when they would do the circuit and say we'd like public input on something, we would make our presentation from the Freedom Party mm. of Ontario. And even though we knew that it was a fait accompli, everything was already decided, because we made our presentation, we prevent them from saying that they had unanimity mm. to go mm -hmm. this way or that we had no objections to do this. Yes, you did, and we can prove it, right? Yes, so exactly. that was another valid thing to do. Yeah, be the dissenting voice. Yes, and also it um, attracted other people to us because we would, we would, um, for example, be on the television doing these things, and then people would call up saying, "Hey, I didn't realize you existed. How do I join?" That kind of stuff. So it snowballs. Mm -hmm. So there's lots, lots of stuff people can do, and actually sometimes it can be quite exciting and a lot of fun. No, oh, it is. And as Robert Heinlein, I'm going to paraphrase here, uh, politics is only slightly less important than breathing. <laughs> <laughs> and as you say, on that note, take care, behave yourself, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Cheers. If you've enjoyed this presentation, visit justrightmedia.org for more programming that's not right-wing, it's just right. 